You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan, and my boobs are bigger than Mark's. And I'm Mark. Now... Show me just one boob. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we're finally back with season two, episode seven, the one where Ross finds out. Ooh. I feel like we could almost end the podcast there. Like it's such an iconic title moment. It's like we all know what happens. But what does he find out? Is it is it a new dinosaur? Is it Chandler's third nipple area again? Hear a word. Well, they did find the new dinosaur recently. Oh, okay. Uh, well, not a new dinosaur. Well, there have been several new dinosaurs, but they discovered a fossil in China, like a perfectly preserved dinosaur embryo. Oh, I saw that, yes. And uh, a lot of the friends, like, face social media groups were like, oh, my God, Ross would love this. <laughs> and I was sat there going, I love this. And I'm like, no, I'm Ross again. <laughs> I said, uh, well, I, I've been thinking, like, how much uh, you are like Ross lately. <laughs> I know I know. I said the other episode, you're more like Joe, but no, you're, you're becoming more like Ross. You, you're such a Friends fan that you decided to follow Ross as your, your inspiration in life. Because you've, we've already had, you know, the, the lesbian girlfriend. Yep. Uh, I assume there's, there's potentially a lesbian wedding in the future for you to attend. Potentially, yeah. Uh, do you like dinosaurs? I do like dinosaurs. You do like dinosaurs? Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few things I think out there that I can go, yes, he's definitely followed Ross a bit too closely. Like, could have picked Chandler, could have picked Joey. No, he picked Ross. I mean, I guess, you know, spoilers, um, you know, that Ross has a happy ending, I guess. Uh, maybe? She gets off the plane. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a loose ending, isn't it? I guess. Like, like the, the, they do say, like, you know, they do eventually move to Paris and live together. I couldn't imagine Ross in Paris. He'd be insufferable. Yeah, he would, he would definitely be one of those Americans that is like, oh my God, why isn't this place just America? Yeah. And just He'd like, be like, bonjour, now give me bread. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, poor, poor Parisians putting up with Ross. But, uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a while since we recorded. Um, I don't think there's been really too much friends news. There, there was some stuff with Jennifer Aniston out there uh, saying that she's fed up of people asking her why she doesn't have kids or be married yet or something. It's such a weird. No one asks blokes that question. No. Like it's like, hello, <laughs> Ryan. You've not got kids. Yeah, and like it, I guess it's because I'm a bloke and I'm like expected to you know put children first, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but I, I have enjoyed uh, looking at some of the memes on, on Facebook of like the characters that have kissed each other. And it's like a, a circle of all the characters' faces and then like arrows pointing who's kissed who. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like, one pink arrow saying like, Joey has not kissed uh, Monica. But, and, it, and that's it. And, and there's quite a few like cool memes out there that uh, we should probably share out on our social medias at some point. I did see a thing about a, a TikTok lady who looks similar to Jennifer Aniston. Like, the, the posts were all like, it's her double. She looks exactly the same. I'm like, mm, oh, no. It's, it's kind of funny when you see that on Facebook. People go, everyone says I look like insert character. And you're like, no, you, you have boobs. And that's probably as close as you are to, to any of the women. No, I don't, I don't think I look like anyone from Friends at any point. Um, no, no, there's not been a character that looks like you. No? I mean, if you was, like, super, uh, like, clean-shaven, no, I don't even, well, there is probably one or two cats with long hair in it. Yep. That are men. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no one in the 90s looks like you. 
I don't know. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't know. It just, it just is what it is, I guess. <laughs> it is, like, yeah. like, not, I wouldn't work in a 90s TV show. Maybe I'd work in like a 17th century TV show. I'd have very much more yeah. of a period. Yeah, you, you could be in a Braveheart, couldn't you? I want to be Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> they lose most of them. Oh, no, we've, we've lost all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic English Scotland banter, you know. It's all good. Yeah, we, we have the English Scotland, the England French banter, England America banter. Like our neighbours don't like us or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thankfully our listeners do. They do. Hopefully. Well, they're still here. We're just, <laughs> we're just looking. Everyone stop listening at this point. <laughs> yeah. But still. But anyway, enough preamble. Let's get into the episode, Mark. Ross is about to find out. But we don't start with Ross. We begin with Chandler storming into the girl's apartment, having a big, insecure, frustrated rant about how unappealing he is to women. Now, before I play the clip, I totally appreciate Chandler here because I I felt this way in the past I, th- I think that there's, there's definitely like certain different types of men out there, there and it might be how people say like people are born uh either with luck or privilege or like their like role in society is like destined from birth sort of thing mm. uh and I definitely feel like I'm definitely a Chandler where people look through me I don't think or used to right me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not the. I'm certainly not, not a Joey where everyone turns around and the the music stops in the bar and everyone's like, "Who's this mysterious stranger?" Like, people definitely do have auras about them, I guess. I think a lot of it's self-projected, though. To be fair, um, I don't think it's anyone's destiny. I think it's you. You get what you put out there. So when I was probably up to late teens, I was really shy and insecure. And just like, you know, a little classic wallflower type thing and wouldn't talk, <laughs> people wouldn't talk to me. And then at, I don't know what happened. At and some now you point, can't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point that stopped. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm definitely not a Joey, but at the same time, I feel like most of Chandler being Chandler is because he thinks he's a Chandler. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it is definitely how like you, you look, how you dress and then definitely how you act. Um, but, you know, I, I think this is what makes Chandler quite relatable to a lot of people. Like if you're not a Joey then you, you probably are a Ross or a Chandler. Like, there's, there's almost like a sliding scale. On like one end, you've got Joey being super confident with people, happy-go-lucky. On the other end, you have, like, Chandler, who's a bit neurotic and a bit insecure. And then you have Ross, who kind of waves in between. Like, he gets the attractive women because, you know, he's, he's good-looking or, you know, he puts himself out there. But he's also neurotic like Chandler. Yeah, I think most people would be a Ross. There's ebbs and flows. Like, yeah. some days you feel good, some days you don't. Um, <laughs> some days you feel like a Ross, some days you feel like a Joey. Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt like a Joey, but I've, yeah, I've definitely had Chandler and Ross days. Yeah. Um, I think well, most of the time I feel like a Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's probably the one to aim for, isn't it? I guess. Just, I just, know, just, sure just be a... out there happy doing your own thing, not worrying about anyone else. Well, yeah, you know my, my saying of it's up to other people to find you attractive, but it's up to you to feel sexy. Yeah. Like, you know, you... Who cares? Like, if someone doesn't fancy you, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. No. It's just that person doesn't like it. It's like, well, all well, right. Well, I guess what we are going to learn, um, I think it's in the next episode. Sorry, I've, I've been watching like three episodes and now I'm mixing them all up. But in the next episode, we learn that you can actually make people become very attracted to you if you are very aloof, uh, as Phoebe finds out. But that's, that's in another episode. That is. I'd be um, awful at being aloof. Like, <laughs> I just talk too much. Yeah. Like, immediately care. And I'm like, Hello. Well, I think we should find out about uh, insecure Chandler. Okay. What is it about me? Do I not look fun enough? Is there something repellent about me? So how was the party? Well, it couldn't have been worse. A woman literally passed through me. Okay, so what is it? Am I hideously unattractive? 
No, you are not. You are very attractive. You know what? I go through the exact same thing. Every time I put on a little weight, I start questioning everything. Whoa, whoa. I, I, I put on a little weight? Did you want yeah, to? Yeah. No, not weight. You know, more like insulation. Chandler, I'm unemployed in dire need of a project. You want to work out? I can remake you. Oh, uh, you know, I would, but that might get in the way of my lying around time. Please. Come on. Yeah, let, let her do it. Her do it. Her yeah. All right, okay, all right. But if we put on spandex and my boobs are bigger than yours, I'm going home. Your boobs are fine. Look, I never should have said anything. Come here. Come here. Oh, oh can't make hands meet. <laughs> so, I've been thinking about this. Monica and Ross... Maybe it's a family trait. They both like to have projects going on in fixing other people when they're, they're jobless. Yes, they do. I've got to fill the time somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, it, it, just, it just struck me when watching this that, you know, Monica is basically doing what Ross does later on in the show. I imagine living or growing up with Judy, spare time wasn't a thing. It was just, why are you sitting around being lazy? Go do something. I guess it would be the cliche of, you know, like pushy Jewish parents, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, where it comes from. Um, I absolutely love Phoebe being savage in, in this bit. I don't, I don't think she's being savage, though, is she? She's, she's being cute about it. Well, it's Phoebe. So she makes the comment about weight. And the, th- the thing I love about Phoebe is that you're never quite sure sometimes. Because like, sometimes she'll say something, and then like when she freaks out Ross about evolution, yeah. she's just doing it to wind him up. Yeah. But she's very committed to the bit when she does it. And when she starts mentioning weight, it seems very earnest and honest. Like, she's like oh, no, I feel insecure sometimes. But then she immediately takes that accidental foot in her mouth, which is a very channelery thing to do. Uh, and then just, bam, just spins it into a fat joke. Well, because <laughs> Chandler here is... Um... Been having a bit of a quality moment because guys don't generally care about their weight. Yeah, I'm living proof, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but no guy goes, oh, I put on an extra pound. Like no, no guy really cares that much. But but Chandler really does seem to care. Um, and I don't know why. Like guys, when they put on weight, don't gem. You don't really see it unless they put on a lot of weight and they physically change. Yeah. And I, I that's probably just because of our clothes. Like it's don't wear anything that's tight fitting generally. Yeah, most blokes tend to wear, you know, shirt and trousers or t-shirt and trousers. Yep. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not overly form-fitting. Whereas, you know, if you're a woman and you put on a couple of pounds in a like a maxi dress, it's going to be immediately obvious. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. It's not a thing. Like you said, men don't tend to worry about it as much unless you're putting on. Like I'm, I joke about being out of shape, but I'm, I'm not obese. Uh, I'm just a chunky monkey. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, yeah, like you don't really care. It's no. like, occasionally I'll put on a T-shirt from a few summers ago and go, whoa, <laughs> let's not wear this one today. Uh, but it's not nothing drastic. But yeah, it's odd that Chandler cares. He's just being in, super neurotic and insecure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame he's like that. He doesn't need to. He's, you know, he's, he's slim, attractive, LA American guy. <laughs> yeah, so you get into the thing where like, women actually prefer dad bods. And then like all of your gym friends freak out and go, no, they don't. They just stay there. And it's just like, well, who, women, you know, can't generalize a group. But No, no, exactly. I always find it funny when a woman has told me they like my physique. And I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> just looking over like, no, it's cuddly. And I'm like, guess yeah. that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Your, your compliment doesn't, doesn't ring true. There must be an ulterior motive. Yeah, I'm like, but I don't like it. So why would you like yeah. it? And it's like, well, you know. It is what it is. People tend to, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a really cliche post I see every now and then, which is basically saying that that thing you hate about yourself is someone else's favorite feature about you. Okay. Which is 
ick and kind of <laughs> gross. I guess the, the, the British sensibilities in my brain is like, disgusting. No, it's what, what horrible sentimental sap. But it's potentially true. Like, there's no reason no. why that couldn't happen. No, exactly. I very much doubt my beer belly is the part that anyone loves, but, you know. I mean, the, looking at you, there's, there's definitely women who are like, I like a man who has like a gruff-looking beard. I don't want a clean-shaven guy. And like, yeah, you fit that bill, right? Luckily. Like people, people ask, like someone asked me last week, uh, oh, how did you grow your beard? And my honest response was, didn't cut it. And they thought this was a hilarious joke. And I wasn't being sarcastic. It was just, well, I don't do anything. I'll occasionally go get it trimmed and like, I'm not doing it myself because I'd be a disaster. I'll just pay someone to make it look neater. <laughs> You'd end up like Joey with a one eyebrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just, just happens. So it is what it is, I guess. Everyone's got a type, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Monica wants her challenge. Would you let one of us, Mark, decide to help your personal trainer? The, the, the problem is, and I'm sure we will discuss this at some point, is you don't go to the gym, so what, what can you train me? Like, if you, if you was Mr. Physique, then yeah, maybe I'd be like, yeah, you know, potentially, right? I think ultimately the answer is no, just because I'm not that type of person who wants to do that. I would say no purely on the basis of it changes the dynamic too much. So when I did used to go to the gym, I hated going with people and I would go by myself. It's not a particularly enjoyable activity. You feel good afterwards, but in the, the immediate moment, it's not particularly fun. No, I, I don't understand people who go to the gym and go, I had a great time because I'm there. You know, if you're working out, you're like, I really don't want to. I'd rather just sit down and not exert any energy. Yeah, like... When Chandler said that it gets in the way of his lying around time, I'm like, yes! <laughs> like, I'm totally related to Chandler right now. But yeah, I, I used to go to the gym when I played sports quite regularly and I would be in better shape. But at no point would I ever say, like, that was an amazing session. I feel good afterwards because you naturally do from all the endorphins and stuff. But the idea of someone I knew standing next to me and like, go on, one more rep, one more rep. I'd be like, shut up. Like, like, leave me alone. Let me put my headphones in and just get on with this. But what if it was one of your attractive female friends who you've, you know, you've known for years, you got on well with and had, like, great times together. What if she wanted to do it? Nope. Because that's basically what's happening with Chandler. Like, he's gone, you know, Monica is, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, I kind of feel like Monica is Chandler's best friend. Just because of the previous episodes we've seen, uh, well, we'll see in the future, of like, before the gang kind of got together. Like, him and Monica were, were best friends. Yeah. And I kind of think her going, hey, I'll help you, it's, it's probably different than if Ross wanted to do it. I mean... Again, I think it's Monica being Monica. Like it is her being that. Of all sure. the people I'd say no to, she'd be the first one <laughs> because she's Monica. Like she may be my, my even if she's my best friend, she's still Monica. She's still going to be overly organised and dreadful, as we'll see. Yeah. Um. So I, I definitely would say no. A stranger that I'm paying, fair enough, because I'd realise I'm paying them. I'm like, right, you're here because I'm paying you to be here. Yeah. I'll listen to what you say, but I don't want my friend's opinion. Especially if they're not an Adonis. If I'm like, why am I taking your advice when like look like that yeah <laughs> like, that's not what i want to look like no. why am i taking your advice to get there well yeah maybe uh chandler's pelvic floor will look great yeah <laughs> once monica's helped him out you'll have some tight buns <laughs> yes <laughs> it's all good but uh, it is fitness time for chandler as monica and chandler meet in the hall chandler's ready and infused but monica comments on his stretchy sorts and chandler decides to go get changed which you know is it's fun. They've not even started the exercise and Monica's already causing problems for Chandler. Like, you're in weirdly tight shorts and that's weird and you just run off. I, I think that is a point though. When you go to the gym, you're like, what do I wear? Like, if you've never been to the gym before, in your head, you've got either, you wear some kind of spandex thing like Mr. Motivator or any celebrity person. And you're like, no, no, that's not the look I can really pull off. Or you 
wear your normal clothes, which are not really suitable for, for gym. I've got some gym shorts and a gym top, and they're tighter than everyday wear, but they're not form-fitting. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe you'd want to wear stuff that complements your physique once you've got the physique you want, but when you don't, you are, it's just kind of like, it's a weird thing, like, look at our fitness fashion, which is huge, a huge yeah. industry nowadays. It's like, well, I don't want my stomach and man boobs being accentuated by this top, so I don't want to wear it to the gym. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's, it's probably the same as going to the swimming pool. But like, if you haven't been in a long time, you're like, what do people wear now? Like, do I, do I wear the little... Uh, you know, tighty whitey things, or the do I wear the shorts? Or like, like, people are insecure, I guess, about what they should wear to places that they've been to before. Well, when I went to Spain a few years ago, uh, I took some swimming shorts, they were like baggy swimming shorts, and they were the England flag because I was like, there's nothing more annoyingly British tourist than having our flag on my swimming shorts. <laughs> I just thought it would be funny. Um, they were white and red, obviously, the colors of our <laughs> yep. flag. And then I ran and leapt into the pool and was like, yay, England, splashed. And then my partner, their then partner, friends were like, they're white and they've just got wet. Are they going to go see through? And it hadn't <laughs> occurred to me like, at any point that this might happen. Luckily, they were lined and they did not go see through. But, uh, yeah. So there might be strategic positioning of the British flag. <laughs> yeah, just make sure the red bits are good with those bits. Um, but yeah, I don't really think I've ever put that much thought into it, to be honest. I just No, it's, it's, it's the same with like when going to... I had this once when going to a theme park. I was like, what do you wear at the theme park? Because obviously you've got to get on rides and you're going to be flung around and stuff. It's like, well, you don't want to wear too many, like, thick clothes, but then you don't want to wear something thin if it's cold. Like, I, I think maybe this is a British thing for me because, like, every time we go outside, you have to decide what you're going to wear based on figuring out what the weather may do that day. Whereas, like, California, you're just like, oh, I'll just wear T-shirts. Yeah. And I think that's my point. It's like, if you've never been to the gym before, you don't know normal to wear. Yeah, the thing that annoys me at the gym is they're not chatting. People aren't sociable at the gym, no. which I know is a kind of hypocritical. As I've just said, I don't want to talk to someone at the gym. Just leave me alone. But when you're new, I feel like there should be a, a gym, a floor in the gym that's just for new people. Yes. And then all the new people can chat about how awful this entire situation is because they don't know what to do in, and they've just sat on their machine backwards and they don't know what's going on. Well, it's intimidating, isn't it? Because you see all these people who go to the gym a lot, and they've they've clearly worked out and they're using the machines and. You're there going, I don't know what to do. He clearly does. I will leave him alone to do it, but that means you don't get to use it. So. I always get confused by the women at the gym that are in like a full face of makeup. I'm not saying there shouldn't be, but I tend to notice a pattern that the women in a full face of makeup tend to be in the very stylized gym wear that doesn't leave much to the imagination. And they seem to do very little exercise at the gym. <laughs> they just seem to, they seem to like be walking at almost a crawl's pace on the treadmill while taking a selfie or they're sat on a leg press with no weight on and just pushing the actual machine. And then I look across and there's a woman doing like, you know, some ridiculously complicated stair workout thingy and her hair's all plastered to her face and to lack of a more delicate phrase, looking like a hot mess. But I'm like, she's here to do the, the do you know, that woman over there looking sweaty and gross is clearly doing the workout. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this person? I think they're called gym bunnies and they just kind of turn up to the gym Almost like they're looking for a date. Well, I don't, I don't think Charla would be a gym bunny. And Monica definitely wouldn't be. Mon- no, Monica would definitely be like... Rachel definitely going in the gym bunny path. But I just like, like the idea of taking Chandler to a gym full of gym bunnies and just watching him freak out. <laughs> <laughs> and all these women he can't talk to because it'd be awkward and everyone be watching as they're on the yeah, treadmill. It's a whole gym full of Jill Goodacres and he's just like... <laughs> but we then get a nice little montage, Mark. And I love me a good montage. Well... I was going to say, Ryan, did you notice like what music they were playing during this montage? I did not. So 
they were playing Macho Man by the Village People. And it, it made me wonder, is this a Chandler is gay thing again? Or is it just a coincidence because they were going for the whole working out macho thing? Like, I say the gay thing because, like, the group's name refers to Manhattan's Greenwich, uh, yeah, Greenwich Village, uh, which has a reputation as being, like, the gay neighbourhood. Um, and the characters, like, were also, like, a symbolic group of, like, American masculinity and macho gay fantasy personas as well. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, was it, like, a conscious decision to be, like, we know Chandler has a quality... Does this tie in with that? Or was it just, just coincidence and actually they're going for the whole, he's working out, let's have a workout macho song? I mean, this is definitely the deepest conversation I've ever had about the village people. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it would have been a deliberate gay thing. Um, given that the song isn't really the most macho thing in the world. No. Um, I guess it would just be, you know, Chandler's trying to get in shape and it's a song we can use. I don't know what other song you would pick. You you would use the song from Rocky, wouldn't you? The mont the the montage, uh, the, yeah, song, the montage wouldn't song. You but maybe yeah. maybe even by ninety five that was a bit overplayed. And I guess it's not really comical. Like no, it's at not. least Macho Man's fun. So watching you know Monica be pushy and train Chandler is funny to a, a a fun song. Whereas watching it to a serious Eye of the Tiger would be a bit like this doesn't make any sense because Chandler's basically flailing. I don't know. Maybe that could be funnier. Whereas, I got the dichotomy. I guess. No, but I didn't really pay any conscious attention to the song, to be honest. It was just, here's a montage. And uh, Chandler's rubbish at fitness. Yeah. And why would you ever agree to let Monica do this? All I can <laughs> yeah, think yeah. Was, you know Monica, why would you agree? Well, maybe he's like, no, you know what? This would be good for me. Sure. And part of the montage, we uh, see Chandler doing sit-ups in the girl's apartment with Monica. And he needs to do a few more, five more, in fact. And Monica offers an incentive that she will flash him if he manages to do five more sit-ups. Which isn't... A bit of a weird thing for Monica to offer to, to her friend like that. I think the difference is you've kind of highlighted it perfectly where you've gone, that's a weird thing to do, as if it was ever actually going to happen. I feel like Monica or a woman would say that kind of thing to her friend, but like, do this and I'll flash her. And you'd be like, hey, and you'll do it. But no one ever actually, like, women would never expect you to expect them to follow I, through. Yeah, I, I guess you would bring it up constantly, knowing it's not going to happen, but that's why you bring it up to be annoying. But as a bloke, if a woman says, do this and I'll flash you, your brain goes, boobs, yes! <laughs> just like, there was a woman. The incentive is there. Yeah, whereas I can't imagine many women who would suggest it and then actually be like, you know what, I'll do it. Yeah. Because it'd be, I guess it'd be a duck. I, I, I assume that she's wearing a bra, so then it's the same as if she's wearing a bikini, right? So I guess. I mean, when she says flash, I assume she means, you know, the whole, the whole lot. What's the point? I'm not doing five sit-ups for a bra. I, I assume if she's at the gym working out, she has got a sports bra on at the very least, because otherwise... Yeah, just, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, definitely uncomfortable. Um, but Chandler only manages to do and a half, do two and a half sit ups, and has to see her one boob hits <laughs> him, which I thought was really yeah. funny. <laughs> it's a great joke, but still, um, would boobs motivate you, Mark? If I was like, you know, no, no, not 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 from like one of my friends like that. But if I was like, do give me ten sit ups and I'll show you my boobs. <laughs> I, think, I, I think if you said I won't show you my boobs for ten sit ups, I would definitely be doing those ten sit ups very quickly. Do ten sit ups and I'll put my shirt back on. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against people taking positive steps to improve their their fitness and their self confidence, but I kind of find the idea of changing yourself to find love or a partner is gross and icky. I I get it from both directions, like. On the one hand, you should be yourself and they should like you for who you are. On the other hand, you know, it's just nature of evolution, isn't it? People want to be with the 
fittest and most suitable partner. So if you aren't like a flabby mess on the floor, then that's a good positive, right? Well, see, I used to agree with that idea. And then the Jeremy Kyle show happened, okay. which is a... Bas- I, basically a Jerry Springer yeah, sort Springer of show. Style show in the UK. Except they would cast... How to phrase this? There's no delicate way. Ugly-ass people on this <laughs> show. Like, these people... Well, well, most of them clearly had, like, drug issues and yeah. were from poor neighbourhoods and basically had drama. Like, many of them were on multiple times over dramas of, like, you know, you slept with, with my dad and, you know, and my mum and this and that. And it's just, like, weird stuff going on. Like, it, literally Jerry Springer-style stuff. But you would, like, you would see a bloke on the show who'd be middle-aged, out of shape, bald, with two teeth in his head. Yep. And for some reason, there were three women. Yeah, I who, never understood that. <laughs> and they weren't they weren't knockouts, but they were definitely more, you know, you'd consider them more attractive than him. And I'm like, what has he got? Why are these three women all hunting this one man? Well, especially as he would be like jobless, missing teeth, on drugs, probably had like prison sentences going on. Yeah, like even if... There, there take, was nothing appealing. No, it wasn't like, oh, he's unattractive, but an amazing person. Like they, these were trashy people. Now, there's obviously the, the old theory of these aren't real people they're actors that have been hired to do the show um i don't know if i believe that i'd like to believe that no i i think they're real people who just don't have much going on and this is a way to earn a bit of money and potentially a, a trip out and a bit of fame isn't it well i guess in in my mind if it if they're real people if the show feels exploitative like it's taken advantage well of it was exploitative yeah and if they're actors it's just all a bit of fun yeah you know like <laughs> in you go but but then you have to wonder why why three women were after this this guy surely you'd go well there's 12 women after him and he's not desirable in any way like i could do way better yeah so the idea of it being like an evolution thing even means that these women chasing this toothless ex-con drug addict have no self-esteem and they feel like that's all they can get or it doesn't really matter anymore because society has changed to the point where you know i don't need to be able to fight a woolly mammoth because there aren't any yeah. around yeah and I, and I guess guess relating that back to like chandler like chandler's an attractive guy you could argue yes he could do be more healthier or fitter or slimmer or whatever would that really change who he's appealing to probably not like actually changing like his look and his clothes would probably do more for him in that that regard i imagine like you and i and everyone listening at some point probably met someone or saw someone that was in their mind their ideal physical type they're like oh my god this man woman whoever is is stunning and amazing and they've spoke to them and been like oh my god they're boring they've got no person that oh my this is just you've just ruined it like this is awful so the idea of then changing something physically to try and attract someone, I find undermining and horrible um, because well, it's not going to change who you are as a person. Whereas there are people that I've met who I wasn't immediately enamored with, but then over time getting to know them, I'm like, wait, that person's really cool and I like them. And then you kind of see them a different way, I guess. Well, there's two parts to it, isn't there? Like the, there's the first physical attraction or just how you look. And it doesn't matter what your personality is at that point. And then the second part is the personality comes through. Like your personality never shines through first, unless maybe you find them on a phone or something. Yeah, <laughs> internet, yeah. internet chat room, perhaps. <laughs> but, you know, you, you need to, to have something there to, I guess, draw someone in first. I guess. I, don't, I just find the idea is it's even if you, cause you could, channel look at games half into like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger style shape. Shows how date old we are with our day. Like, <laughs> like Zach Efron types, like in really good shape. Um, but he's still Chandler. He's still going to be in a right mess. Just because he's suddenly got, you know, pecs and a six-pack and he's in super shape. He's still Chandler. 
So I, I guess it depends what you're into because you look at Rachel and you know Italian guy, like she's clearly only into his looks because they had no personality connection because they couldn't even speak the same language. No, I guess but well, I guess it was what you want. I don't get the sense that when Chandler's ranting about being repulsive, he's ranting about not being able to get a one night stand. It's more about I can't find a, no. a relationship. No, I, I guess he wants to stand out from the crowd because because Chandler is a more average sort of guy. Like in a crowd of people, he. He's just like anyone else. Well, especially when you list, if you take looks out of it, Chandler works nine to five, Monday to Friday at an office. Then you've got Ross, who's a paleontologist at a, uni- a university or a museum. Yeah. And then Joe is an actor. So they're like, oh, what's, who's a more interesting conversation? Dinosaur man, acting dude, office bloke. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm talking to anyone but Chandler at that point. <laughs> I, I need to know your thoughts about the weenus. Like, <laughs> no one's asking that, are they? Like, what kind of staples do you use? Like, it's, it's not a dynamic conversation. No. Um, but then we find Chandler and Joey at Central Park, and the Chan Chan man is too sore to easily lift his coffee and rants to Joey that Monica's insane. So I, I had this once where uh, we did combat archery, which is basically like archery, except for you have like a big sponge on the end and you fire at people because it's fun. Safe, yeah. Yeah, it's it, well, <laughs> sort of safe, I guess. But you, you're inside, we, we was inside for this one, and you're running around and you're, pl- you're playing lots of different types of games. And it was great fun. Next day... My legs did not move. My thighs like would not move, so I couldn't go upstairs. I could walk forward on a flat surface, but going up or downstairs, my legs couldn't do that. And I was like, I'm broken. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I thought I would have broken myself during the day, but no. Like your body somehow gets through it, and then the next day goes right. Everything tightens now because you've used things you've never used before. Yeah, the human body is so weird. So I don't know if I've mentioned the past, but I used to play ice hockey. So the one part of my body that's always been in fairly decent shape were my legs. Um, and I remember when I started doing airsoft, which is like paintball, but way cooler. Um, and I assumed I'd be fine running around the woods and like squatting in trees and stuff all day because I've got good legs because I play hockey. But clearly the parts of my legs that are used for hockey are not the same ones that are used to crouch, walk and crawl through a forest for nine hours. Because the day after my first airsoft, I could not walk. It was quite literally, yeah. my legs were stiff as a board. They were painful. I couldn't bend my knees. And, I, uh, and it was just, yeah. Yeah, and, and Chandler should expect that when being with Monica, right? That she, She's going to not go in gently. She's going to push him way too hard at the start. Where, as you know, when you first went to the gym, you went, yeah, I can lift all the weights because I'm strong and a man. And then you realize, actually, I should have gone in a bit easier and yes. built myself up to that because now I'm in terrible pain and can't do anything for a week. Yeah, why I went to the class my friend suggested, I do not know. This is why you shouldn't let friends give you training <laughs> advice. So I went to the class and I did my backing and didn't, didn't go to the gym again for another two weeks. Yeah. Uh, when I used to go to the gym on a regular basis, though, you do get to the point where, I guess you'd call it that kind of good gym ache, where you'd go work out in an evening because you've done the right amount of exercise. Yes. Your body would be sore the next day, but it wasn't painful. It was almost like you were like, yeah, my arm's kind of achy. And that's because I worked out and that's really satisfying, which is... That, that, that's, that's my reward for working out. I can feel, feel an effect. I hope it's a positive one. Yeah, this is really vain and I don't mind telling this story. But when I did go to the gym quite regularly, I've always had skinny arms. So I would, I hate bicep work. So any workout involving arms, I hate. Don't know why, folks, I'm bad at them. I just, I just hate them. And um, when I did start to develop a bicep of some description... <laughs> I kept being touching it. I'm like, I got an arm. An arm here, squidge. Did you go up to women and go, do you want to feel my bicep? Or maybe more. I didn't buy tighter t-shirts either. I definitely, I just wanted them clothes. But like, I'd scratch my arm and instead of just being like bone and like flesh, I'd be like, there's a muscle there. And I'd get like really like happy about it. Like, Look, I got a muscle. And then, you know, you didn't go for six months and it disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it does feel good when, you know, you feel better. But yeah. again, at no point was I doing it 
for someone else, it was definitely a case of I need to eat in better shape to get better at hockey. Um, it all had, in my mind, it was all healthy because it was for all for myself. There was no one else benefiting other than my teammates. Yeah. From that, it wasn't like, will she love me more if I've got biceps? Yeah. Because I'm neurotic, but I'm not that neurotic. Yep. But still. But what did Chandler expect? It's Monica. We all know she's insane. Yeah. Like, well, I, don't, much. I don't understand why you're surprised. Like, I, was, I was literally just sat there and like, duh. Like, like, did you forget who Monica is? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's he's obviously destroyed himself because Monica has pushed him too hard. Yeah, literally at one point she pushes him over <laughs> yeah. in the montage, which I love. And Chandler's so lazy he just stands up and walks after her. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but then Phoebe enters and Rachel asks, asks her how her date with Scott went. Apparently it was nice, but the dude won't put out. Hey Phoebe, how'd it go with Scott last night? Oh, um, it was nice. Took him to a romantic restaurant, ordered champagne. Nice. The guy still won't put out, huh? Nope, zilch, nothing. Uh-uh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Phoebes. Uh, well, look, I, you know, I don't mind taking it slow. I, I like him a lot. You know, he's really interesting and he's really sweet. And why won't he give it up? <laughs> well, maybe he uh, drives his car on the other side of the road, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, what do you mean? He's not British. <laughs> I, I don't know if Phoebe is, like, messing around here and, and does get the joke and tries to, like, turn it around, or she's just oblivious. Uh, I, don't, I think she's just more frustrated, and she's just like, <laughs> no, like, he's not, like, she doesn't think he's gay because they've been on dates and things seem to be going well. And I feel like if she was gay, she'd know. Yeah. Says the guy who dated a lesbian for but <laughs> <laughs> But still. Um, this I found... Not odd looking back on, but it was quite nice to see a, a woman having this frustration, I guess. Because normally in TV, it's always, you know, the same thing of like the guys pursuing the girl. And, you know, it was nice to see Phoebe, a woman having that frustration. It was a nice dynamic change, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think you ever really kind of see this a lot in in real life. Like I've, I've had a few female friends tell me about guys they've they've dated or met and it's always been a bit weird or whatever. But it's never been like this. I'm sure it happens, though. I mean, I've I've been accused of deliberately not making a move so that the girl will make a move, but it's mostly because I'm oblivious. Nine well, times yeah, we, we, we've discussed this over what thirty episodes at yeah. this point. Um, <laughs> Ryan is oblivious, so I get I get the I guess the potential frustration Phoebe could be feeling, but it just yeah. I mean, we find out later on in the episode he's reasoning for it, which I won't spoil now. But uh, yeah, it's. Dot, maybe he's been taking Rachel's advice from previous episodes and just, you know, trying to drive her wild by not pointing out. Yeah, all right, well, I've always said, like, you, uh, you want what you can't get. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a valid tactic, I guess. I guess. Then we get a, a really <laughs> overshare moment from Phoebe where she really likes he's not gay because as they were dancing, he held her close and she could feel his erection on her hip. <laughs> um, now, I don't like dancing, Mark. Maybe that's why. But how much do you have to like dancing to get an erection? Well, I remember when I used to, to go to clubs when I was younger, before I found like the actual type of music I was into, I'd go to like the, the popular, I guess, chavy sort of clubs. And one of the main complaints of, of women there were like guys would come up to them and just grind against them. And, you know, as if they're, they're going to grind, the woman's going to turn around and be like, wow. That's so amazing. I want to get to know you now. Like, I, I never understood it. And I would watch it and see guys doing, like, why would you ever do that? 
It's, like, it's almost like it's such a weird behaviour. If you did that at the bus stop. Yeah, just like, stop <laughs> rubbing yourself up against someone. Like, no. Like, like, oh, no, it's set to music, so it's fine. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, some guys maybe are just uh, very excitable, I guess. I mean, I've danced with, you know, women I've been attracted to and partners and stuff, and I've never got excited. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like when you stroke a puppy and it gets a bit too overexcited. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it happens to certain guys, but uh, at least Phoebe uh, assumes that's why he's not gay. Yeah. Well, then Monica interrupts to take Chandler to play racquetball. It's called squash. I like squash. Americans have such stupid names. I, I thought. I thought. I thought squash and racquetball were slightly different. How? Educate me. You know. You know. This is this is where we're going to get moaned at for for getting our facts incorrect. I'm sure one. I'm sure it's something to do with like the racket that you use. Like one is slightly different shape. And stuff like that. I just assumed it was to do with America's weird convention for naming things. No. Um, like, why isn't tennis also called racquetball? Because there's a ball and a racket. Well, no, because the way you, you play, obviously, squash or, or racquetball is, like, basically against yourself, in a sense. Like, you, you can play with someone else, but you're, you're playing against a wall, aren't you? So, like, that's what makes it different to, to normal tennis. Yeah, but they call tennis tennis. Tennis isn't, like, racquetball on grass. Like, oh, you've got hockey and ice hockey. It isn't grass racquetball and indoor racquetball. Yeah. So why isn't tennis called racquetball as well as this? Because you've got a racket and a ball. I don't understand it. Americans have odd names of things. Well, yeah, they, yeah, I guess like they have a, they have football, don't they? Where it's not really because they hold it and run with it. Yeah. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. No. But maybe we'll find out in the comments. Someone will let us know. Yeah, tell us what, what is the difference between squash and racquetball? I mean, we could Google it, but. It's more fun if you guys write to us. Yeah, just tell us off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more fun. Um, Phoebe then spots Ross and Julie making out outside the window. Ugh. Public of perfection are so gross. But up against someone's window with Billy Wheaton is just it's a whole new level of ick. Well, I, I don't even think like Ross and Julie would be like that. Ross seems not the type to, to do that. Unless he was being vindictive, but he's not. No. Like, it, he, like he's, he very much wears like his heart in his sleeve, but not in that sort of way. And Julie seems too sweet to... to be like that. Yeah, like I'm, I'm emotionally expressive, and I will hold hands or walk arm in arm down the street with a partner. Um, maybe, maybe a little kiss if we're leaving and going in separate directions. But in terms of just out and about, do I need to be on this person's face? <laughs> no. Gross. No one wants to see that. You know, we're sitting there trying to eat your packet of crisps, waiting for the bus, and you look over, and I've got my tongue in someone's face. <laughs> That's disgusting. Especially if I'm sat in a coffee shop trying to enjoy my cup of tea, I eat my muffin, I look out the window, and there's just two people <laughs> licking each other's face. I was like, no, thank you. I don't need to see this. Stop it. I, I think with that, we should see why, why it's made Rachel jealous. So you're really okay about all this? Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm moving on. You can press her up against that window as much as he wants. For all I care, throw her through the damn thing. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. Oh, Monica, I figured I'd come by tomorrow morning and pick up Fluffy's old cat toys, okay? Only if you say his full name. Can I come over tomorrow and pick up Fluffy Meowington's cat toy? All right. You getting a cat? Uh, actually, we're getting a cat. Together? Uh-huh. Both of you? Yep. Together? <laughs> Yeah, we figure it'll live with Ross half the time and with me half the time. Oh, well, isn't that just lovely? <laughs> that 
that's something the two of you will be able to enjoy for a really, 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 really long time. Hopefully. Oh. <laughs> wow. Whoa, look at that. I gotta go. I got a date with a man. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> you guys have a really, uh, have a really good night, and you two have a, uh, have a uh, really good cat. <laughs> Rachel has a date. Who showed up on this date, Mark? Well, Monica has. And then you put in the notes here, is this a real life thing? Yeah. And we have discussed this before. I know we have. I like the idea of this, of, of you being like, hey, like, you know, I will introduce two people I think might get on. What's a nice thing to do? Get friends together. In the past, Mark, you've refused to introduce the lads, as I'll call us. Two women, you know. So I'm going to explain this because we need to put some context around this rather than just <laughs> just blurting out a statement it's that... so romantic and nice i'm not doing it for you guys no i i think it's the the way you do it like you have to have two people who are one single two actually looking for someone and then three actually there's a reason why they should get together whereas generally you just want to meet you know female friends at the moment because they're female friends but they're, they're not interested in in meeting you i guess i think i wouldn't want to know if you had a female friend that you were like, oh my God, she and Ryan would get on so well. This is ideal. Don't tell me. Just no, and, I think, and I think that's fine. End up at the same place. The yeah. idea of a, a setup is icky to me. No, I, th I think that's fine. Like you would say like, hey, Ryan, do you want to come out? Hey, Julie, uh, do you want to come out as well? Cool, you'll get to meet. And if you get on well together, that's great. Not a, hey, Ryan, there's going to be a woman at this place at 7 p.m. You better be there because she is expecting a date. Like, that is where it becomes a bit weird. Yeah. Like, I'm technically responsible for two of, setting up two of my friends in happy relationships. Um, so maybe, this, maybe there's some karma. Maybe I need, you know. Is, is, is this what you're saying? You want me to try and set you up with someone? Yep. No, not, not really, no. It'd be an awful idea. Lisa? Lisa? Danielle? Danielle? <laughs> I just stand in a coffee shop shouting women's names. I mean, it, it was never, I would never call them setups. It was just, you know. One, one was a pep talk that resulted in a marriage and a baby, and the other was just talk to this dude, and then they, they went from there. As much as I like to tease my friend, especially one of them, that I gifted him a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he which really annoys him. It's not really true. I just find set, the whole setup idea kind of gross. Well, yeah, like I say, it, it should just be, hey, you know, do you two want to meet? Cool, that sounds great. We'll do it. Casual thing, no, no setups. But it, it's nice because it is hard as an adult, to meet people. Like, there's, uh, there was a comedian on the other night, uh, Russell Howard, who was like, you know, you're on Instagram and you see an attractive woman and you like the picture and you might leave a comment. Like, you don't go up to women in the street and go, I like that, and then go, very pretty, as a, your comment. So that's weird. Yeah. But, this, but at the same time, like, it is very hard as, as you get older to just casually meet people. So having, like... The, the friends to introduce you is, is always good. I guess I'd be curious. It, might be, it could potentially be a fun game where, let's assume, let's pick me, where all of the lads have to set me up with someone they know, almost like a dating show, and we'll see who, <laughs> who's better at working out what I look for in a partner. Oh, yeah, I think that could go horribly wrong because that could be very funny. I mean, <laughs> Just because we'd troll you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. To <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. Ryan uh, needs to work out. I have set you out up with a bodybuilder. His name is Bruce. He's very into teaching you his ways. Like, yeah, 
Um, that's what I like how your brain went, oh, hooking with a massive Muslim man. And my brain went, she doesn't like comics or Buffy. That, that, <laughs> yes. was, that was like when my brain went on the worst scale scenario and you're like, I'm mad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's been TV shows like this where people set up their friends and it's always, you're, ne- you're never going to set up your friend with like their dream person. You're always going to be like, no, this could be funny. Let's, let's have a laugh. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a British sense of humour. but. Sure. I think that also the weird thing is you you only highlight the the good points of that person and no one's entirely good. No. So if if you were setting me up with someone, you might be like, oh, you know, he's chatty and friendly and yada yada yada, and they'll be like, oh, what's his bad points? And you'd be like, he swears a lot on Halo. You don't, you wouldn't tell her those <laughs> no. things, or you'd be like, he rants about this, or he doesn't shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You only. So I find because what would potentially happen if I set you up on a date with someone and move our friend, and she's like, oh my god, Ryan, I don't want to talk to you ever again. He was a nightmare. You know, you're responsible for which, that, then. Which is what we see happen here, right? We do. Um, before that, Rachel's still freaking out all about the cat. Which is weird. They yeah, do. like, she, she's basically become Ross. Like, in, in some ways, Ross and Rachel should be together. Okay, they, they don't share a lot in common. Like, she doesn't like dinosaurs. She's not a geek. She's, like, totally different personality-wise. The only thing they do share is, like, how kind of horrible and bitter they can be yeah. over each other having relationships. Yeah, it's kind of toxic when you think about it. It, it is. Like, that's the only thing they kind of share. I mean, I mean, Ross is an idiot, to be fair, because judging on, you know, how we heard Rachel acting in that clip, surely a penny should have dropped at some point. Oh, definitely. Like, how is he this oblivious? You could argue he's all loved up and therefore completely oblivious to, to Rachel, uh, but no yeah. one's that oblivious. We've sure. said it before, though. Like, Ross doesn't want uh rachel he wants anyone as we've seen like he you know he's, he's found a julie and all of a sudden he's, he forgot about rachel the girl that he was in love with for 10 years and then that makes me go hang on so when you was with your wife carol you was like totally into rachel the whole time yeah I and guess. if you was like why was you upset about carol like breaking up with you i guess i guess it ebbs and flows and things hide under the surface oh, or yeah def- oh definitely right yeah. One thing that I always, I guess I would criticise friends for, um, to upset the listeners, is that you're never given any kind of context to how Ross got to know Rachel. For Rachel to be Rachel and, you know, his lobster and all this kind of... We'd never really find out how Ross got to know her other than she was Monica's mate. Yeah, pretty much. You don't, whenever you see them interact in any of the flashbacks, it's always kind of awkward and... Yeah, it's that kind of 18-year-old or probably even younger... Uh, oh look, pretty girl. I can't talk to her. And then he's built up in his head who Rachel is. Yeah, I feel like in my mind, for it to be a more, I guess, what I call a legitimate obsession, I guess. We should we could have seen more of them just genuinely hanging out, like Rachel's over for Thanksgiving dinner, and Ross cracks a joke and they get on it. Something that would actually spark something other than this is just a crush. Yeah. Because more the flashbacks, I see no reason why Rachel wasn't just a crush. That suddenly reappeared in his life. Oh, definitely, because he, he didn't know later. he didn't know Rachel for many years after, you know, he went on to to marry Carol and everything, right? Yeah, so I agree with you when you said that it's like the idea of Rachel was built up in Ross's head, um, and and then and then he's quickly forgotten about it because he's with Julie and he's happy with Julie. Yeah, guess it's quite quite initially at least quite a shallow a shallow thing with Ross's feelings for. Yeah, I think so. And I also think that a lot of Rachel's weirdness about this and one in Ross is more that she keeps having unsuccessful relationships and then she finds out that someone's in love with her and it's, it's a big thing to find out. And Well, he's, he's basically put her on a pedestal yeah. and then he's just obsessed about her. 
And then she's found out that he likes her. And she's like, well, why not? Okay, there was probably like some interest there because, you know, when he was grabbing his spoons or trying to, you know, she was like, yeah, maybe we could. You know, she was, she was open to the idea of getting to know Ross. And then when she found out that she's single and alone and, you know, Ross is available and is into me, she's probably like, yeah, go for it. And then when she can't have him, you know, she's not like, oh, well, I'll move on from that little fantasy that I had for two weeks. It's, she's gone the other way and just gone, right, I need a Ross now because I can't have a Ross. True. People do want what they can't have, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but Rachel gets over the cat enough to go on her date. Uh, and he's telling her that his first date since he got a divorce. And if he seems a little nervous, it's because he is. Yeah, great, great, great pick. Yeah, I was like, like well like, done, Monica. Like, who the hell does it goes, hi there, I'm terrible. Here's my first impression for you. Yeah, it's just... You, you, don't, you don't do that. You just roll with it. And they can figure it out later if you're nervous. Or you can tell them afterwards. Yeah. If, they, if they go, you, was really weird. The restaurant's like, oh, look, I'm really sorry. I've never, I haven't been on a date in 10 years. Like, this is the first time I've done it. Yeah, you build a rapport first and yeah. then explain why they might be weird. That's afterwards. I didn't when I started dating. I didn't walk up, but like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Ryan. My ex is a lesbian now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, it, it would, it sometimes. Hi, I'm Ryan. Sometimes I, don't, I don't go to the gym. I'm slightly flabby. I like to sit down and just play game. Like, you know, you lead with your, your best foot forward, don't you? If you leave mini eggs unattended, I will eat them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just odd. But Rachel ignores his, his honest. I guess maybe it's a British thing where Americans are more honest and expressive than we tend to be. So we get it out of the way and maybe that makes him feel better. Yeah. Um, but Rachel doesn't care. She ignores this and immediately asks him how, long's, how long cats live. Yeah, like she's clearly not interested in this date at all. I mean, she briefly explains the situation to Date Man because at this point we still don't know his name, um, no. which is always a thing that bugs me in TV shows. I don't, not that it would be, it would be awful and doesn't flow dynamically at all. But I almost want someone to walk in, just have a scene where that he arrives and goes table for Steve, and then he like <laughs> then he sat down, so I know he's called Steve. I I do like it in comedy shows where they'll be like char- main character, and this will be a few seasons in. They're on the phone, they'll be like, ah, oh, hi Andrew, yes. Yes, you are my, like, big brother, aren't you? Yes, I totally forgot about that. Yes, you, you're the best big brother there is. I can't believe you've been in the war for so long. And they explain, they explain <laughs> this person you never met. They're like, yes, that was needlessly, like, told, and you're ne- no one's ever going to see you. Goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, we, it, we need to justify this person's existence. It, yeah, it, it is kind of hard to do this in a show, like, casually, because sometimes, well, I feel like more in my life, whenever I meet people, most people don't introduce me to anyone. You're just kind of like, hello. I guess I'll introduce myself because my friend here, Ryan, <laughs> won't do it for me. Even though he knows everyone here, I guess I'll have to step forward and do it. I don't think I've ever done that. I think... I d- you probably haven't, but I, I, I do find most people are pretty bad at introducing. My biggest pet peeve in, in life is when people meet and don't introduce you. Yes. Because I'm not too. saying you need to give them an entire summary of him as a person. Like, my exes do this a lot. We'd bump into someone she knew and we'd have a conversation and I'd be just stood there like a lemon. <laughs> Um, Why is this random guy standing here listening to us? I'm like, cool. Because all it would be would be, oh, you know, this is Ryan, Ryan, this is Sarah. And I'd be like, oh, Sarah, and then don't. Now, you now you brought into the conversation, but yes. I probably wouldn't even chip in if they're talking about like, nail extensions. I don't care. <laughs> but I just, at least I don't feel like a lemon stood on the sidelines. At least I'm like, we're all in a conversation that I'm not contributing to, as yeah. opposed to I'm outside the conversation. I'm sure we've all had this at weddings where you turn up and no one introduces you to anyone. And you're like, right, there's 100 people here. I'll find like a couple of people who... Maybe we can talk about canapes. There we go. That's our in. 
I normally find this also. So, how do you know the the bride and groom? Yes. And be, I know this person, and then you start conversing. That's it's not too often. <laughs> no. I've been to a lot of weddings recently. Everyone, because we're all getting to an age where people start to settle down and start families and get married. Uh, I've been to lots of weddings pre-pandemic. Um, I'm always bored of going to weddings at this point because, well, I don't want to get married, so I don't really <laughs> understand it. And then B, I'm just like, it's always the same. Yep. There's always that annoying gap between the ceremony and getting to eat. <laughs> maybe you should just turn up for the eating if I ever get married you've got to have your food during the ceremony <laughs> yeah, that you're literally good. like right here dad to get married sit down there's breakfast yeah yeah have, have your food and you can watch it go yeah that'd be great I like that you can even pause my vows to get more sausages <laughs> <Right. laughs> hang on Ryan I need some sausages D- does anyone have anything you want to say I need more sausages okay you go you go, go first sausages. right I'm marrying this person <laughs> for reasons but still but Rachel does realise that she's being an awful date and says they should talk about him. But then she immediately proceeds to carry on talking about cats. I'm like, how long would you stay, Mark? Would you, how long would you give it when the date's going this poorly? The, pro- the problem is you're with a pretty girl. Oh, I don't care. Like, I, as they say, like, the prettier you are, the more you kind of can get away with things. I think he's already there. He's already travelled there. Even if she's like this, she'd be like, well, I am hungry. I think you'd eat the food. And then once you finish your food, then you would do a judgment call then. <laughs> I'd, get, I'd eat, I've left, I will definitely eat. Yeah, because otherwise, otherwise if you're, you're there and you're like, oh, she's absolutely terrible in the first five minutes, you'd be like, well, if I leave now, I'm not going to get any food. I'm going to have to find food. I might as well just sit here, wait for the food to arrive, eat the food quickly and then, then leave. I was, I was trying to work out if I've ever had a bad date. Well, okay, rephrase. If my perception of the date was bad, they could have had a terrible time, yeah. I could have had the best time. Um, and I was going to say no and then I remembered when we were, I was a kid, like 18, I got dragged to a, a gathering and it was essentially two groups combining and one group bought single girl and the other group bought single Ryan. And then we had no idea it was going to happen. We were sat down together. This girl could not have had any less interest in talking to me if she tried. Like, I could have left and she'd have had more conversation by herself. Yeah. Like, she didn't want to talk to me and I was just trying really, like, I was bored. I had, like, two friends kissing in this corner two friends kissing in the corner and we would have sat there together doing nothing and I'm like right try and have a conversation think of things to talk about are you a Marvel or a DC fan I don't shut <laughs> up do I so the, the, like, the, the chances of me being lost for words or stumped for somebody yeah. to say are pretty slim but every time I tried to engage a conversation it was immediately shut down and I was just like I'm not trying to hit on you like I just should have just said to her just go look I've got a girlfriend I'm bored talk to me but I just like I didn't know you were going to be here and it was going to be the situation. I just assumed everyone was going to hang out. I didn't realise we were going to be hoisted together. But, you know, I'm not expecting anything. Just as, you know, try and have a good time or we get ignored by that pair. She just went... Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I've like completely just like cleared the board of any expectation. You sort of talking. I ended up talking about the pattern on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why she didn't want to talk to you. <laughs> I was just so bored. I was sitting next to this guy. I was talking about the... The carpet pattern. <laughs> I had like 20 minutes of trying to get into conversation and because I find silence awkward and uncomfortable, I was just like... We, we know. <laughs> we're already at an hour in and we, we're barely through the beginning of the episode. <laughs> sometimes episodes have lots to talk about, sometimes they don't. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, awful dates are the worst. But we leave the awful date uh, and Phoebe's chatting to Joe at the coffee shop and she's figured out why Scott doesn't want to sleep with her. So, I figured it out. What? Why Scott doesn't want to sleep with me? It's because I'm not sexy enough. Oh, Phoebe, that's crazy. When I first met you, you know what I said to Chandler? Uh-uh. I said, excellent butt, great rack. 
sweet. <laughs> I mean, I'm officially offended. So sweet. Keeps, look, if you want to know what the deal is, you're just going to have to ask him. You're right. Hmm? You're right. Ugh, you are so yum. <laughs> And bam, Joey smashing out of the park again. Everyone goes to Joey for, for relationship advice, which is slightly odd. Because he, yeah, he's good at starting them. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing them. Not yeah. So, but, you know, I guess, you know, it's like a Optum's razor. Like the, the simplest solution is generally the right one. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's difficult to be open people, especially if they're new people, I guess, and yeah. you can struggle. And I imagine the idea of saying, why don't you want to sleep with me? could open you up to an answer you really don't want to hear. Potentially. Um, I, I, I think it, it would be different depending on if a guy's saying that compared to a woman, though. I guess. I suppose you try and, and being logical, you'd be like, right, we've been on seven dates. Clearly they're interested. Why isn't this progressing here? Yeah. But I think as a man or woman, the dynamic's slightly different. Yes. I think if a woman asks that question, it's, it would be seen as, why, why don't you want to do this? Because there's an expectation that, that men just want to smash. Yes. Whereas if you ask that question as a man, I imagine that being like, oh my God, how can you ask me that? She storms off, talking to her friends about your oppression of her sex. And you're yeah. like, I just asked a question. Yeah. I, think, I think society will judge. The communication differently, yeah. yeah def- def- definitely, for sure. Well, I think with that, Mark, it's time for an advert break. I think it is, isn't it? Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, on our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Coming soon to HyperX.com, HP.com, and more fine retailers, the HyperX Cloud Alpha Wireless. The Cloud Alpha Wireless gets up to 300 hours of battery life, so you'll spend less time charging your headset and more time charging into the action. The dual-chamber drivers, enhanced by premium DTS Headphone X Spatial Audio, provide reduced distortion, allowing you to hear audio cues with pinpoint precision. Up to 300 hours of battery, two chambers, zero wires, the new HyperX Cloud Alpha Wireless. Tired of recharging your headset mid-raid on Final Fantasy XIV? I know I am. No more with the HyperX Cloud Alpha Wireless. Hi, we have a podcast where we go to Podford University, a fake college where you... Wait, 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 it's fake? Yeah, what? I just paid tuition. I Same, I did too. To who? Uh... Well, uh, well, we're doing the ad. Uh, let me finish. Find Podford University, available wherever podcasts are sold and on the HyperX Podcast Network. Coming soon from HyperX. The Cloud Alpha Wireless gets up to 300 hours of battery life, so you'll spend less time charging your headset and more time charging into the action. Hear audio cues with pinpoint precision thanks to the dual chamber drivers enhanced by premium DTS Headphone X Spatial Audio. Up to 300 hours of battery, 
two chambers, zero wires. The Cloud Alpha Wireless. Available soon at HyperX.com, HP.com, Amazon, Best Buy, Micro Center, and more fine retailers. We're back. Welcome back. We're also back at Rachel's date, and Rachel is drunk and still talking about Ross and Julie's cat. Do we know who she's talking to, Mark? Nope. nope. Still haven't been told his name. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, he's really bored and he's making some kind of, I think it's like a swan shape out of a napkin. Yeah, I think it's a swan, but I'm not sure. But Rachel's so drunk and oblivious, she's just missed out that he's just sat there doing like napkin on the garden. Rhea pops over and asks if they like dessert. And Divorcee, which I've nicknamed him in my head because that's what I know about him so far, is that he's a divorcee. Uh, shouts, no! And he can't wait to escape drunk Rachel. Which I think is fair. Like, I assume he's going to pay for the date, even though he absolutely shouldn't at this point. Oh, yeah, I didn't really think about that. I just... Well, the expectation is he's the man he's going to pay. <laughs> you you know, know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce a new rule to the universe. We'll try and manifest it this year, Mark. Okay. If you set people up on a date, the person who set up the date should pay for it. Oh, I'm never going to set you up with anyone then. Because that relieves, A, you don't have to have the pressure of who's going to pay for it. Because especially nowadays, if I offer to pay for the whole date, am I going to be seen as controlling and patriarchal? If I expect the woman to pay, am I going to be seen as a cheapskate freeloader? If I offer to split the bill, is that going to be taken? Does, does this work retroactively? No. Okay. So, so your two friends can't come up to you and go, you are yeah, a date. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not having like, my friends who've been married for, what, 10 years at this point coming back with a, a collective bill for a honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, but, it's, well, yeah, like, it's weird. I mean, who, who should pay for the date? I feel like you should pay for yourselves. That's the expectation, is you pay for yourself. And if they offer, then that's a judgment call. Because my, my opinion is normally one of, if I ask you out, I'll pay. No, because you invite me to cinema all the time and you don't buy me a ticket. It's not a date, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, if, I, if I ask a girl out on a date and she says yes, I will pay for the date because I've asked her. I've asked her. Um, if she invites me out, I expect her to pay for the date because she asked me. Well, I'm not going to get into this because I feel like we have already discussed this before in a previous episode. I don't. And it's, it's one that's... I think it's a... I think, you know, it should just be... Both of you do your own thing and if someone offers, you go with that. But Divorcee advises Rachel she needs some closure. Let's have a listen to that. Uh, now, this is going to be a bit of a long clip, but I think it's like such an important moment in the franchise, it's kind of needed. So would you like any dessert? No! No dessert. Just a uh, check. Please. Okay. You're not having fun, are you? No, no, I am. But only because for the last hour and a half I've been playing the movie Diner in my head. <laughs> on a date with a really great guy. All I can think about is Ross and his cat and his Julie. I just want to get over him. God, I just want to. Why can't I do that? Oi. Look, I've been through a divorce. Trust me, you're going to be fine. You just can't see it now because you haven't had any closure. No! Closure. That's what it is. That's what I need. God, you're... Brilliant! <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? How do I get that? Well, you know, there's no one way, really. It's just, you know, whatever it takes so that you can finally say to him, I'm over you. 
Over here. That's what it is. Closure. Oh. Hello. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Hello. Oh! Hang on. Hello. Excuse me. Hi. What? Hi. I'm sorry. I need to borrow your phone for just one minute. I'm talking. I can see that. I just one phone call. I'll be very quick. I'll even pay for it myself. Okay, you're being a little weird about your phone. <laughs> All right. Fine. I'll call you back. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Machine. Just waiting for the beep. Good. <laughs> Ross. Hi. It's Rachel. I'm just calling to say that um, everything's fine. And I'm really happy for you and your cat. <laughs> Who, by the way, I think you should name Michael. <laughs> and you know, you see there, I'm thinking of names, so obviously I am over you. I am over you. And that, my friend, is what they call closure. That is like the line right at the end there. <laughs> that's my friend, is what they call... You like that, you Mark? Well, I, I think that's one of like the iconic lines, isn't it? Not to me. Don't think so? No. I, I, I think it's all part of this whole relationship. Like, that's her, that's her line, really, for, for everything that goes on. I got the 18 pages front and back. Yeah. And a few, and a few other things like we were on a break, but I think like you know that's what we call closure. Like that's that's quite a defining moment, I think, for her as a character. Now maybe it doesn't stick for me because I think the the concept of closure is such an American phrase. Um, you know, perhaps because like everything about this is absolutely horrible. The way like she she interrupts the man at the other table to take his phone off him, and then he's just like gladly gives it to her. I'm not giving you my mobile phone. My, well, I guess the difference is mobile phones back then were like £100. They're now a £1,000. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not giving random person my phone, especially if I'm on a phone call. Yeah, and if you notice at the end of the, the clip, she disposes of the phone but chuck it into the ice bucket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's broken. Yeah. Just like, how rude. Yeah, no. And the way, okay, she, she's obviously drunk at this point. Poor, like, divorcee guy. Like, at this point, yeah, this is when you would leave. You'd be like, nope. I don't need to stay here anymore. She's clearly in some other guy. Yep. Clearly does not want to be on this date at all. There's no reason for me to be here. Yeah, I think she'd have started that phone call and then she looked over at the end, I'd have been gone. Yes. <laughs> it yeah, just yeah. would have been an well, empty chair. Well, Ross has had women leave for much less than that. Yeah. So. Well, it's like the old cliche of a date climbing out the bathroom window. Like, but I guess we're going to talk about this later on in the episode. I was going to talk about the voicemails, but now we'll, we'll come back to that later when Ross actually listens to the voicemail. Uh, but yeah, the whole I'm over you thing, like, yeah, like, she's, she's clearly not, she's clearly playing up to it, but she didn't need to. It seems almost spiteful. Like, I guess so, yeah. It just... like, like, it's a whole thing, even if Ross is like, oh, good, like, it's still like the way it's been said, it's not a, hey, like, I was into you, I'm not anymore, it's fine, we can be friends again. Yes, yeah, so like you missed out on this, you, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's not nice, not, it's not Rachel's proudest moment, that's for sure. No. The next morning, Chandler's fitness guru is knocking his door. Chandler clearly isn't ready as he's still in his bathrobe. Going to be in trouble. Oh, well, at least he's up, right? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Shannon tells Monica, rightfully in my opinion, that he's not running on a Sunday because it's God's <laughs> day. I'm not religious, but if it's an excuse to not go running, I'll take it. Uh, Monica says, that's fine because when Chandler says we could stop, they will stop. And uh, Chandler emphatically says stop, which Monica ignores and insists they can't stop because they only have three more pounds to go. Like, if you're, you're overweight by three pounds, like, that's not a lot. Like, your body weight changes by two, three pounds every day anyway, just based on, like, the food you consume. Yeah, I guess. I like, don't know that, but yeah. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's nothing. Like, he, he could not eat for a day and he would lose two, three pounds potentially. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's Monica. You know what she's like. Yeah. She's just, just, she just wants to hit that target she's got. Yeah. Um, I mean, as much as I've said, I wouldn't want someone to train me, a friend to train me. I could probably do with someone to do this. Well, you look at, you look at actors in particular and you're like, yes, I wish I could have uh, a personal trainer every day make me look buff. And then you're like, oh, actually, that's quite a lot of effort. It is. Oh, I mean, I mean, a bit of a tangent, I guess, quickly. But you look at like Chris Evans in Captain America. Yes. And like, oh, how was he preparing for the role? And it's like, I hated it. Like, I had to have nothing but boiled chicken and, like, asparagus for six months. Or not six months, like, six weeks. And it just sounds arduous. And you're like, it makes me feel better when I look at the poster. I go, look at the shape he's in. And I'm like, yeah, but he's, he suffered massively to do this. Like, good thing he's getting that paycheck because I wouldn't want to do that. So, you know, it's, it's quite nice, I guess, to hear that you hate doing it. Um, but this is, this is a fairly quick scene. And Ross arrives at the girl's apartment and finds a hungover Rachel. He asks about the date. And Rachel said she thinks she remembers a restaurant. She knows there was wine. Again, we get more wit from Rachel. Uh, we're right, we've mentioned it several times, Mark. Rachel's comedic talents are so underappreciated. Oh, d- definitely. I, I notice it more watching, like, intensely now, how, like, how she acts and her humour. Because a lot of it just, just washes by. Like, the audience don't laugh at it or anything. You're like, no, that was really funny. Like, yeah. it's just <laughs> that super dry humour. And, and maybe that's the, the problem. I guess, like, her humour is, like, so dry. British uh, humour is, is often dry. So like we're like, yes, we get it. But Americans don't understand it generally. Yeah, I, th- I think it's the kind of thing where you're not going to be rolling on the floor, side splitting laughter, but no. you get like, like a heart. Like, ah, yes, so that was clever. And then we carry on with the episode. Uh, but I think if we've achieved only one thing with this podcast, aside from people pointing out, I got confused how many seasons there were in the first yeah, I episode. Think, I, I think you're going to have to apologise for that every episode right now, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? Uh, it's that we've discovered the comedy stylings of one Rachel Karen Green. Yeah, definitely. It's, like, it's definitely a worthy task. Um, Ross asks about the cat toys, and Rachel starts to remember something else. She asks if Ross called her last night, and he says, no, he's dead at Julie's. Ross then asks if he can check his messages as he's not been home yet. Rachel says, go ahead, as she walks into her bedroom. Now, before we play the clip, I say, like, people don't have voicemail like this anymore. It's just on your phone, yep. generally. I have to wonder, like, so a lot of people have said, uh, especially over, like, the last 10, 20 years, mobile phones are, like, everywhere now. And they ruin so many films. Like, if you go back, there's so many films, you'd be like, oh, they would just pull their phone out of their pocket, problem solved, end of, end of film, right? And I think, like, uh, voicemail has got to be another one. Because you can't access the voicemail unless you have their phone. Yeah, sure. Where, whereas, like, these ones, like, I, I never, we never had this in, in our house for, for voicemail where you could dial in and listen to your own recordings. Yeah, it's really odd. Um, but it seems to be a thing. Like, you, you see it a lot where they're like, I'll oh, just dial in and, you know, I can listen and I can change the message and hilarity ensues, right? Yeah. Sure. So, but I have to wonder, like, if, if Friends was around now, like, all this sort of stuff would just disappear. Yeah, it wouldn't work because. No. Like, I mean, also, how drunk is Rachel? Like, she must have carried on drinking after that date because who blacks out that badly and can't remember making a phone call? I don't know. I, I feel I feel like Rachel probably isn't someone who drinks a lot anyway. 
So probably like one or two wines, you know, is probably enough for her to to be way past where you would be. Yeah. So. Who knows? I don't think I've ever been that drunk. I've drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you just don't remember. Just, that's true. Good point. Um, Ross shouts. Well, we're playing well, the clip, aren't well, we? Well, yeah, we're going to play I'm the just clip. Just jumping in. Oh, you, you sure are. Did Ross speak on the phone last night? Did you call me? No, I stayed at Julie's last night. Huh. Oh, actually, I haven't even been home yet. Do you mind if I check my messages? Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Rach, I got a message from you. <laughs> Who's Michael? Oh my God. Oh my God, Ross, no, hang up the phone. Give me the phone, Ross. Give me the phone, give me the phone. Give me the phone. Give me the phone. You're over me? Oh, God. What? You're, uh... Oh, God. You're, you're over me? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. When... Oh, when were you... under me? I think that has to be my joke of the episode. My joke. My joke. Mind you. Yeah. My joke. My joke. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when you under me. It's just a great bit of wordplay, yeah. to be fair. It's like, <laughs> all props to David Trimmer for this scene, because the complete dumbfounded look on his face is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like, he, just, it, he couldn't look like he's more accurately portraying what he's feeling, ever. It's, it's fantastic. I, you, you, yeah, well, I guess we heard the message from Rachel. She wasn't that drunk where she was unintelligible. Yeah. So, yeah, to, to hear that, you'd be like, what? Like, uh, and I guess for him, like, he doesn't think Rachel has ever been interested in him, ever. No. Nope. So, why would he care? And, I mean, as we'll see later on, but getting this news when Ross is happy with someone else, it just, it's got it's to hit different, right? And this becomes so gut in this episode now. Mm-hmm. It, it's so depressing. Like, it, everyone's meant to be like, yes! And I, and I guess this is where the show is different for me, and, and maybe even for you. The whole Ross and Rachel thing wasn't and still isn't a big deal to me. Like a lot of people watch the, the show because they want to know about Ross and Rachel and their relationship and on again, off again. For me, it's everyone else is, is key to it and it's funny. The Ross and Rachel relationship, I don't really care too much about. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. Um, if anything, almost like the whole we were on a break debacle, I'm like, okay, yeah, we've done that again. Let's carry on. Well, well, it's 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 absolutely funny and hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there, there's there's great moments, but I don't watch the show to go. Oh, I wonder how you know they're going to get together or break up next. Yeah, I guess if I had to isolate why I watch the show, it would be the comedic writing and the performance. Like it's everything about it. It's great. It's, it's not. Well, it's the friends. It's yeah. them. It's them being together and having fun. I don't particularly highlight one plot point above no. any others, but no. yeah, I'm not massively. I guess I was invested at the time. I guess now when you've seen it all so many times, the investment's not they're quite as strong because you're like, well, I know how it resolves. So I, I guess potentially. And also, when I watched Friends, I didn't watch it from start to finish originally. I watched like episodes here and there. And then it was later on I got into it. So, so maybe that's why. I don't remember how I watched it. I remember, I'm pretty sure I would have watched once it started to air, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have missed an episode. Um, I never had control over the TV in our house very often. 
Um, so I basically had to try and draft people in of the family to support my TV show. Yeah. The only TV show I was ever allowed to take over the telly for was when Buffy moved to Sky. <laughs> and I, by that point, I was like, what, season five or six of Buffy? I was such a big Buffy nerd at the point. My family knew I was such a big Buffy nerd. And it was like, he's not going to back down. He has to watch Buffy. <laughs> so I would just sit there and be like, shh, for 44 <laughs> minutes. And we'd watch Buffy. And then the TV was again out of my control. But my sister loved Friends as well. So it was always... Me and my sister would be like, no, we're watching Friends. That's what's going on at this time, back before you could stream things whenever you wanted. Um, and my mum and dad would complain that they had to watch American rubbish. Um, but yeah, I remember watching it as often as possible. So I think I would have watched it as it happened or yeah. slightly delayed between America and Britain. But no, it was, yeah, I probably was very invested the first time and just kind of that investment's lessened as I've seen it all. Yeah, that, that pretty makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but Rachel is currently dying from embarrassment on the sofa. I can't, as weird as this must feel for Ross, it must feel so much worse for Rachel. <laughs> yeah, it, we've, we've all said or done things that we wish we could take back, and it's even worse when you're like, it's recorded down somewhere. I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's because it's, it's an expression of feeling and affection that makes it worse, because I've probably said things when I've been a drunken stupid that I shouldn't have said, or made a joke that went too far, or confessed a secret that wasn't supposed to be confessed. But, but it gets forgotten and twisted in your mind fairly quickly, whereas if it's like there that you can play back again and again or written down, well, I mean, it comes across differently. To me, it's not even that. It's the fact that if I say something mean and I upset someone, I can apologise and we can get past it and it's there and it's done. But normally expressing your feelings for someone is like a joyous moment where you're confessing how you feel and it doesn't always end the way you want it to but it's a pretty big moment that you would have guessed wanted to be somewhat sentient for but doing it in a drunken stupor and then finding out that way well this is a drunken regret that's but also she's got the hangover element of like oh no bits are coming back to me sort of thing yeah because she doesn't remember what went on and it's slowly little bits and pieces are coming back into mind and she's she's realizing herself what's happening yeah there's a great bit where ross as to Rachel, you had feelings for me, and she shoots back. If you had feelings for me first, as if someone it's someone's fault that yeah. this happened. Um, but yeah, Ross is just entirely stunned, and I just love the whole scene. It's so well acted; it's just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I think this is probably one of those classic episodes, like one of the key episodes that you need to have for everything else to work. Yep. And then this intense scene is followed by Phoebe's entering the boys' apartment, and asking why Joe is watching a rabbi play his guitar. I'm like, what? Like, it's such a, <laughs> such a juxtaposition. Well, well, we've had the midget wrestling before. Like, they, they watch some weird stuff on their TV. Yeah, but this is an intentional. Joey just couldn't find the remote. I mean, we've, we've all been there where you put something on and, like, it could be a film that's halfway through and you're like, oh, actually, I'll just watch this. This is all right. It's comforting to me to know that Sunday TV sucked internationally and wasn't just a British problem. Yes. There was never anything. I remember getting up in Britain... And there'd be some random like church stuff on in the morning, which is a kid I had, well, I still have no interest in, but as a kid I had even less interest in. Um, and then nothing throughout the day, really. Just, think about the countryside. Yeah, maybe a James Bond movie yeah. um, occasionally. And then in the evening time, I always remember our bedtime was nine o'clock. And we never wanted to go to bed before nine because that was our bedtime. Why would we go to bed early? That's stupid. But my nan and mum would watch a TV show on ITV called Heartbeat, which was a rural drama set in the English countryside in the 1960s or 70s. It was boring. It was the most boring program I'd ever seen as a child. But I would just sit there, bored out of my mind, until the clock hit nine o'clock. And I'm glad that American children potentially had to do the same thing with their crappy Sunday TV. Yeah. 
just you know a little shared connection I guess uh, but Phoebe tells Joey that Scott asked over for lunch and explains that Scott was, Scott was worried that Phoebe would get all weird as sex can be a very emotional experience for a woman so Scott asked me to come over for lunch today and I did and and we did alright Phoebe way to go yay me <laughs> so so how did it happen well, I finally took your advice and asked him what was going on. And what did he say? He said that um, he understands how sex can be like a very emotional thing for a woman. And he was just afraid that I was going to get all, you know, like, Ooh, is he going to call me the next day? And, you know, where is this going? And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So he said he wanted to hold off until he was prepared to be really serious. Wow. Yeah. So I said, okay, relax, please. You know? I mean... Sex can be just about two people right there in the moment. You know, if he wants to see me again, he can call. And if not, that's fine, too. So after a lot of talking, <laughs> I convinced him. <laughs> Let me get this straight. He got you to beg to sleep with him. He got you to say he never has to call you again. And... He got you thinking this is a great idea? Uh-huh. This man is my god. <laughs> and now, yeah, so super funny, right? Yep. It's a long con just to get that out of a woman, though, isn't it? It is a long con, but in my brain, Scott's earnest and meant what he said. In Joey's brain, it's a play. Yes. I, I think that's the d- difference, the dynamic, I guess. But <laughs> just the way Joey's impressed, he's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he, he's basically, you know, got her to agree to everything. And, you know, he, d- he has to give up nothing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, poor Phoebe, though, completely rains on her parade. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because she, she, she feels empowered by what she's like, said and like, no, you're wrong. You know, I'm, you know, I want this. I'm a woman. I'm strong. You know? And then, yeah, he's actually gone, no, like, you're none of that, basically, because uh, he's played you, in in Joey's mind. I mean, maybe Scott Scott can't be seen as the bad guy, so this is his standard tactic of just, right, well, you said I didn't have to call you, why are you upset? And then you can't be mad at him because you've already told him he doesn't have to call you. It's a lot of effort to go to, but, yeah, it's it's probably like a little bit of both. He's probably like, well, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys who rushes in. You know, you, maybe Phoebe hasn't given him the right signals or whatever, communication's lacking. Or maybe, yeah, maybe he is that sort of guy. And it's like, yeah, I want, I want it to be clear that I am always going to be on the right side of things. I mean, I guess it would, if, if he's seeing multiple people at the same time and he's therefore getting his leg over often enough where it's not particularly, he's not particularly desperate to do so, Yeah, you can play the long con. Because if you've got seven long cons going on at once, they're all going to pay out different yeah. times. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> he's just staggering I, I, I can just, I can just hear the... the the Vegas casino noise right now with the coins coming down. <laughs> yeah. But still. But uh, we then leave poor Phoebes and join the despondent Rachel as she's closing Central Park and Ross enters to announce he didn't get a cat. You had no right to tell me you ever had feelings for me. What? I was doing great with Julie before I found out about you. Hey, I was doing great before I found out about you. You think it's easy for me to see you with Julie? Well, then you should have said something before I met her. I didn't know then. And how come you never said anything to me? There was never a good time. Right, because you only had a year and we only hung out every night. Not, not, not every night. You know, 
and, and it's not like I didn't try, Rachel, but the, oh, things got in the way, you know, like like Italian guys or ex-fiancés or 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 Italian guys. Yeah, when you uh, have an argument, but you've only got one argument. <laughs> to, to I'll use. just repeat it again. Uh, yeah, pretty intense argument, to be fair. It, this this is why I think kind of. Ross and Rachel should be together because they're not they're not a great couple. Uh, they can't. It's almost like they deserve each other in some ways. Like they shouldn't be with other people. They're just going to bring them down. They should just bring each other down because this is not a great way to start a relationship. Just with arguing about it. No, it's also not a great way to start a relationship given that Ross is going to have to break someone's heart to to begin it. Yes. Well, you you've got here in the notes. And I'm going to quote: the episode ends with. Ross cheating on Julie and kissing Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> That's so horrible, isn't it? It's what happens, though. Like, this. I mean, yeah, I guess people have their own definition of cheating, but in my mind, if you're in a relationship with someone and there's any physical contact with someone else, that's cheating. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, well, yeah, because after this, like, argument, and I, and I guess that's the, the passion side of it, isn't it, where uh, a lot of couples, like, do have, like, the argument and then the makeup is, like, the best bit of the relationship, isn't it? The... The making up over the argument, which is always weird to me. Like, don't have the argument to begin with. Well, it's just like emotional flagellation, isn't it? It's just why would you put yourself through something negative just to have a slight or high afterwards? It's yeah. Just, no. So, it's is yeah. It's if I if I had uh, you know a woman having a a go at me who actually wants to be with me, I'd be like, okay, it's not you're not upset because you want to to be with me. You're being upset at me because you can't be with me. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said before that if, if you've got feelings with someone and they're unavailable, you take them feelings and you squish them and you stuff them down and hide them until they rot. Yeah. Because it's not appropriate to be telling you. Just, I mean, obviously, they both found out by accident. Um, but you just, Joe, were well, you with Julie? So go away until you've decided what you want. I mean, Ross has had 30 episodes to grab the spoon and go, hey, Rachel, like, yeah. we hung out every night. Like, oh, so over a year, you didn't be like, hey, Rachel, Let's get dinner together. Exactly. Let's go and do this. Just because Ross isn't it. It's yeah. So it's it's frustrating. And it it's super frustrating that Ross doesn't go. Okay, we're 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 quite charged and passionate right now, but I do have a girlfriend. Let's sort this first. The first person Ross should have had a conversation with, in my opinion, is Julie. Yes. He's second he really found out and was conflicted. He should have gone home and said, Julie, got some news, and it's going to be weird. So we need to talk. I just found out that Rachel's in love with me, and <laughs> I don't know if I'd put it that way. <laughs> it, I, I, well, I, I'm not drawing tangent, but if you've got something, if you think you've got feelings for someone else in a relationship, to me, it makes sense that the first person you should tell should be the person you're with because they're the person that's getting hurt. Yes. Like, don't confess them to the other person because that's essentially like hedging your bets. You'd be like, well, I won't tell my partner that I've got feelings for person B. I'll tell person B and see if they care, and if they do care, then I'll tell person A. It's like, well, no, that's. That's, no. that's wrong. And, and I guess the end of this episode is meant to be like a huge positive where you're like, yes, finally, Ross and Rachel are getting together. Like we've had so many like things in the way from cats falling on Ross to Italian guys. Italian guys. Yeah. <laughs> More Italian guys. Uh, no, there's, there is loads of reasons why they didn't get together. Um, and it's meant to be, yes, they're fine together. But it's, it's when you think about it, you're like, no, actually, it's such a horrible way for them to get together. It's it's not a yes finally like it's it's all worked out perfectly, and I guess that's the point of friends like it's it's meant to be the drama of it all. It isn't a perfect world. 
True. And it's trying to be realistic in a lot of ways. But at the same time, like, I can't, I can't cheer for this. Well, you and I have become the champions of the left behind, I guess, in a sense. I've noticed over the course of the podcast that we both think that Phoebe and David should have ended up together yep. and not Phoebe and Mike. I really wanted Joey to get with Celtic's lady from the hospital. <laughs> We're feeling sorry for Julie. Like, it, do we just find the people that get yeah. kind of screwed over by the, the main cast and just <laughs> gravitate towards them as, you know, we like them folk Yeah, the, the main cast do are quite horrible to a lot of people eventually, aren't they? If, if you really think about it. Yeah, like, I get, we should, we should, this could be a good episode for Patreon where we tally the heartbreakers of friends and <laughs> yeah. work, work out who's <laughs> broke the most hearts and who's the most egregious heartbreaker. How many lives they've destroyed between them. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I do love is it's raining this entire time when when they're outside Central Park to inside Central Park. And what is it about TV tropes where rain just makes things more Well, more I remember romantic. learning this at school. There was like, ah, oh, you know, Rain always signifies this, and sunshine signifies this, and this colour signifies this sort of thing. Uh, TV rain always looks so amazing, though. And the only time I've ever experienced rain like that is in Florida. Like when you're at Disney World and you get the 30-minute the downpour, and it just absolutely pours down with rain. Like, we, we never kind of get that in the UK. Like, it will just rain and be miserable, but never like, oh, look at the window. Like, there's so much water gushing around. Yeah, like I've seen like footage of people in Seattle when it's raining there and it's basically just like a waterfall has fallen on the city. Mm. And then we'll look at rain in Britain and go, it's soaked. And it's like, it's nothing compared to some of that. We have very mild weather over here, even when it's horrible. But this, this episode, I think, is a, a key one in the whole second series, probably in the whole franchise, really. Yeah. Like it's the one where they actually finally do get together. It's, it's just really hard to, to be positive about it with everything else going on around it. Well, it's not the way it ends. I guess for television reasons, it end, you know, it ends with the kiss. And they say, oh my God, what a great way to end the episode. But in terms of their actual life, like what happened after this? Like, did they just do just leave and go home to Julie? Did like, what did Ross do? Where did Ross go? What did Rachel do? Well, we, we know he went home, uh, potentially to Julie, but he didn't go back with Rachel. No. So, and, and this, is, this is probably why we do need a, a third person with a different opinion on. Maybe there is someone here who loves the whole Ross-Rachel relationship and they would be like, no, this is why it's better. I think if you break their relationship down to the kind of constituent parts of boy has unrequited feelings for girl, girl realises feelings for boy, things get in the way, challenges are overcome, they get together, they have a rocky time, they break up, they get back together. That, that, that could be great, but when it's, you know, they overcome things, they get together. But don't worry, they've just destroyed Julie's life. Yeah, there's this... In, in its core principles, yeah, it's great. It's a great story. But when you look at the, the damage that's caused the and, how, out, yeah. and how Russ and Rachel are as people, it muddies, it muddies that. And I can't align with you. I can't enjoy that the way I think I'm meant to because I'm like poor, giant list of people. Well, because we, we haven't even really discussed the cat that they got. So a lot of couples do this where they're like, okay, well, let's, how do we cement our relationship without a proposal? And it's let's have something to share. And that can be a house. It can be going on a holiday together or it can be an animal, right? Yeah. Because they're like, yes, we're going to get this animal and, you know, she'll have it for three days, I'll have it for three days, and then every alternate Sunday we'll swap over. And it's like, you can't do that with a cat. Like it, after one week, it's going to be like, one of you is going to have it in your apartment, the end. But it's the way of them being like, we're together and a family, I guess. I, I find that. I mean... Me and my ex bought pet rats, and I had a rat, and she had a rat, and they lived together in our shared apartment. So I guess we would live together, so the dynamic's kind of different. Mm. Um, but I don't, I don't 
didn't feel like I felt closer to her because I had to pet rats. If anything, I paid less attention to her because I had two rats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's a shame. Like he he's basically gone to Julie. Like Julie, I'm moving forward in our relationship again, and then instantly he's going to be like, actually, put on the brakes, full stop. Uh, forget everything that's ever happened. Goodbye. Because Rachel's appeared. Yes. Um, that woman that you were scared of that I told you not to worry about. <laughs> so, oh, what character are we talking about who goes to a bar and is really popular at the bar in a previous episode? Oh, you're talking about the... Well, I wonder if you're thinking about... You're not thinking about Frasier, are you? There's a woman that, that does that. Where, no. where will our friends are that? that? We were chatting about... I can't remember. Never mind. Uh, off on the tangent. Essentially, what I was wondering was, is there a, a coffee shop around the corner where, like, Julie and David and all the people that have been ruined by friends Well, because... Spoilers. Uh, Julie does meet Russ. She does meet and so, Russ. And something happens, right? So, so yeah, mate, maybe there is a, a reject pile. They, they, they go to... Um, uh, outer perk or something <laughs> or, or maybe Insomnia Cafe something like that right yeah uh, yeah, they will meet up so yeah it's definitely a great episode and one I guess that ends on a happy note for the majority of the Friends fan base it's just yeah it's just kind of gutting it has this like build up of like funny stuff and then just you have a you have five minutes of kind of like seriousness and yeah Friends has its serious moments but this kind of for a long time, there's no jokes. Like there's, there's never a joke in there to to relieve the humour of their argument. It's quite serious. Yeah, I, I guess it has to be. Yeah. Um, I think the reason why this doesn't hit off me is because they did such a good job of making Rachel's jealousy appear like jealousy. It doesn't really feel like a legitimate emotion. It just yeah. feels like she's jealous. And they did such a good job of cementing Julia's. We should be happy. Ross is happy, and well, then Monica spends time with her, and she almost becomes a part of the group. Well, yeah, because the the other relationships that all the characters have, either they disappear after an episode, or they're just seen. Oh, that that's just like my boyfriend or girlfriend. That's who I'm with this week, and that's all you get. But with Judy, they're like, Judy's lovely. She's absolutely great. Let's hang out with her. She's going to be part of the group a little bit. Like they go they go overboard in making you like her. And I don't know to to what end, because what's the point in making you like this character if you're going to be absolutely horrible about her? But in a way, you've got to be really positive about Ross. Yeah, because my, my affection and fondness for Julie negatively impacts my feelings for Ross yes. because of the end result. Whereas if Julie was a bit more empty as a character or wasn't there as much, you'd be like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's, you know, whatever. They were just kind of dating. But you, you feel like you can see the involvement investment in Julie from the writers as well as from Ross. Yeah, it's a very weird criticism to have of a TV show. Like, hey, writing staff, you did such a good job of making <laughs> Julie feel like a real person. It's made me hate Ross. <laughs> yes. And when, I'm actually meant to be celebrating and happy for Ross at this point. Yeah, sort of. They were too good at Julie and ruined Ross yep. that way. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to wonder, like, was Julie meant to be in the, the show a little bit more? I like it. I know Ross and Rachel's always meant to be a thing. Yeah. But but Julie has one of the longer relationships out of all the, the characters like that they get with. I mean, maybe it's deliberate. Maybe we are supposed to have our feelings muddied by, for Ross by this. Yeah, fr- Friends is not perfect. It's real life, right? So it could just be, no, this is supposed to be a representation of what really happens in life. And yeah, if you do think Ross is out of line, maybe everyone else in the group does too. Yeah. And would say that. Or maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they just think, oh, poor Julie. 
Well, I guess our audience can write to us and let us know what they think. We're done. Now, we always do the socials. Do you know the socials yet? No. Watch Friends Pod <laughs> is on, on Twitter. Yep. There you go. And watchingfriends.co.com. Com. There you go. Yeah. What can I do there? You can, you can write to us. Yeah, there, there's a little contact form there. And yeah, you know, you, you can write to us. We, uh, we have a patron as well. It's patreon.com forward slash watching friends where you get uh, ad free uh, versions of these episodes if you're fed up of adverts. Exclusive content. You do. So we've, we've done a number. So you get some bonus episodes exclusive to the Patreon. Um, you can become a producer as well, where we will read out your name and you can tell us who you think the best friend is and why, and we will talk about that. That's exciting. And there's loads of other fun stuff on there that, that we're going to be doing, and it helps to support us because, you know, we pay for this all out of our own pocket, and we would like to buy, you know, more stuff, like another microphone, get a third guest on. Yeah, imagine uh, hearing a third exciting voice yes. talking you through that, friends. That, that won't be a white man. Yes. A straight white man. Not exclusively. Like, we're not going <laughs> to stop. If we have straight white men that want to come on the show. We're not going to say you can't use our no, microphone. But, but we want to get someone who, who doesn't share our, our exact same opinions, I guess, over most things. Yeah. So, so you know, do come support the Patreon. It's, it's only a pound uh, minimum to, to actually join it. And uh, you can also just support us by following us on Twitter and telling your your friends to come and listen to us because that that helps out um i don't know i we say the these end bits quite a lot and i don't know if it's too much sometimes i feel like oh, we should just skip it because we always say them but at the same time we're like no they're important because we need to promote ourselves yeah i wonder how many people turn off <laughs> like, like, oh, oh, like, I, I, can, I can see the stats i can see the stats, stats. Um, I mean, I mean, it isn't a, like the ninety-five percent mark. There's just like a massive drop off of people. <laughs> it's, it's normally like a gradual thing, I guess. Like as these are longer episodes, like people, you know, switch off and then they listen a few days later or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that's where you can find us. Where, where else can we find you, Ryan? As always, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk for all nerdy shenanigans, and you can find me at fuzzballs.co where I create cute kawaii animals and put them on t-shirts and mugs and things a bit like the friends in a way like they go they go on fun adventures they don't date they're not hobbled to each other but they go on fun adventures and look for food like pizza conspiracy theory is one of the fuzzballs the cat ross and julie we're gonna get oh my god could be, yeah you, you have to tell us get go on there and, and buy some stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh but we're gonna be back uh next week uh with the one with the list which is a personal favorite of mine yep Definitely doesn't put Ross in a good light again. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so yeah, tune back in next week on your favourite podcast listening app, wherever you found this one, basically. And uh, we'll see you in a week's time. Cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs>